Blog Talk Radio. Mike G. <laughs> strip club in the world, but it's just as good. You are listening to the Omar Show, and I'm your lovely host, Queen X, and I'm here inviting you to think that it's still legal waking up people one nudge at a time. Real people, real talk, real life. This is the Omar Show, ladies and gentlemen, the open-minded reality show today here on Caliwood Media Network. You guys can listen on blogtalk.com slash Caliwood Media Network. You can also listen in on Mixler. That's going to be our new uh, 12-hour stream. That's M-I-X-L-R, mixler.com slash Caliwood-media-network. Follow the show at the OMR show. That's T-H-E-O-M-R-S-H-O-W. Today, we are talking about Interracial relationships. Now, you have some people, and I know they're probably going to look at this title and think, this is, this is going to be a crazy show. The title of the show is White Love Equals Anti-Black. Now, that's not really a, uh, a you know statement that is just 100% there, and that's just what it is. We're exploring the question. If you are in an interracial relationship, if you are specifically black and you're in a relationship, a committed relationship with a white person, does that make you pro-black or make you be anti-black? Because some people really believe that white love means you can't be pro-black. There's a lot of people that would say, oh, well, pro-black means anti-white. I wouldn't necessarily agree, but we're going to ask some of the hard questions today about interracial relationships and what it means to be pro-black and converting to blackism. You're probably like, what the heck is blackism? But we're going to get into that very, very soon. Before I get into that and our 60-second rant slash 60 seconds of gratitude on the show, I would like to bring back to the stage Mama Leo. How you doing? And I'm just playing. I'm good. How is everybody today in Cali Wood? Yes, yes, How indeed. Are you today, Ms. X? I'm actually doing pretty good, man. I'm just, I'm just tripping off of this 
the 60-second rant that's just bottled up inside of me, man. Can you time me? Uh-oh. Can you time me on the 60-second rant, Mama Leo? Let me let me get let me, I, I got let me it coming. Okay, okay, okay. Let me know. Let me know when you ready. Okay. So yesterday was the Fourth of July, y'all. It was Independence Day. Okay. Now here I am trying to make okay and go and uh, see who what's going on with my people at the house, you know, and go get some barbecue and all this other good stuff. And you know what happens? There's blockades that people put up on the street that I'm trying to go down. So I'm like, okay, cool. They got an actual blockade. Then I was trying to go down another street to try to, like, get around. You know what I'm saying? And I can't even do that because, well, they have fireworks in the middle of the freaking street. And I'm, like, flashing my lights, like, hey, move, move. I need you to move. I need you to move. And they're just like, no, I'm just going to light a whole nother Firework in front of your car while you're driving a vehicle with gas. Fifty cars. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That was. Ah. That's my rant. Happy Fourth of July. It's not really my thing, but war zone. Yeah, no. My biggest pet peeve has always been the fact that after the war is over, you just see spent um, casings everywhere. And it's like, you guys don't know how to sweep the street up afterwards and put it in the trash? I mean, I grew up sweeping and putting it in the trash after we've done lighting things. Like, why can't you guys do it? I don't want to see this stuff. And kids picking up, it looks like it smells like gunpowder. Put it down, please. Just put it down. Yeah, it's, it was it was bad, you guys. It, we were in Inglewood, and it was, it was nuts. I mean, it was smoking everywhere, car alarms. And I thought I was in Baghdad or something. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what's going on? I don't get it. But anyway, enough of the ranting. We don't really do ranting because sometimes we got to vent. But I would like to also take the time out. If I'm going to I should also take some time out to be grateful about some things. Right. A gratitude. You know what I'm saying? So I just want to spend 60 seconds or so just being grateful for the fact that everybody that I know and love got home safely yesterday. Um, we didn't okay. hear about anybody's limbs gone missing and blowing off fingers and legs. <laughs> you know, I didn't hear about, you know, anybody getting pulled over and shot or nothing like that recently, at least in my neighborhood. And, right. you know, I mean, I'm employed. There's just a lot of things to be grateful for. I'm in L.A. with a car. Like, that's a blessing in itself. <laughs> I say, you know I say, exactly, and I'm alive, you know. So, I just encourage everybody listening in Open Minded Reality Show that yes, we may complain, we might even get a little mad at each other. At the end of the day, be grateful. Be grateful that you're in your right mind. Be grateful for the activity of your limbs, even if you're missing something. You know what I'm saying? Um, Mama Leo, you got anything to be grateful for? I am grateful for, you know, of course, as always, first and foremost, waking up. I always praise the most high for waking me up in the morning. I am grateful that I had my kids and that we all were able to be safe. I'm grateful that I have 
you know, my family members who I haven't heard anything happen, you know, they're all home safe. I'm grateful that I have friends who care enough about me to be like, no, 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 no. This is not what's going to happen. You're not just going to sit in the house. Let's go. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge, Kleenex. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very grateful for a lot of things that I have going on in my life. Awesome, awesome. Get into um, the show here. White love equals anti-black. The first, the first thing we want to talk about is, can a white person be pro-black? What is pro-black? And for those of you who are calling in, if you have something to say, just go ahead and press 1, and that will let us know that you want to be called on. Um, you guys, if you're listening online, you can call in and hit a 646-668-8378 on your phone. Listen live, on the go, without having to worry about anything. Okay. So, uh, Mama Leo, can a white person yes, be ma'am. pro-black? What is pro-black to you? What is pro-black? Um, no, no, I'm just playing. Um, pro-black is just anything that is uplifting of those with melanin, of those who are of the darker complexion, the darker hue, and it's just anything positive about them, positive saying what they do in life, positive as far as where they need to go in life, positive as far as anything they need, positive as far as any time they're spoken about is just positive, like pro-black, like you just, there's nothing bad you have to say. Um, I actually feel that people can be pro-black. It just depends on the extent and how far they're willing to go to be pro-black. I mean, Bernie Sanders, he was pretty pro-black, you know, sat down with Martin Luther King himself and protested. So I think that's a good example. Um, JFK. He was pro, well, I wouldn't say pro-black. I would say pro-minority. He was care, He was caring about everybody. But um, Rachel Dozel is not, don't, you guys, don't put her in any of that. She's not pro-black. <laughs> she's, she's, she's an appropriator. She's she's, no, she's an appropriator. She's trying to steal things that do not belong to her. Pro-black, in essence, is, as a white person, is admitting that, yeah, not admitting, acknowledging that, yes, I am Caucasian. Yes, I do not come from your grandparents or your mother or what have you, your father, but I feel for you. I appreciate you. I care about your life just as much as I care about mine and my kids' lives. So I feel that, you know, certain certain Caucasian people can be pro-black, just like I can be pro-white. Well, see, in some cases. I mean, I, I kind of feel like, you know, the whole uh, Malcolm X thing right about now where certain allies or quote-unquote allies could possibly be detrimental to the progress because mm. it seems like once we get, you know, those few white folks or those few these folks or whatever on our side, things mm-hmm. just start to happen and it's like think about it this way if you have a red group and a blue group right somebody Mm -hmm. from the blue group goes hey blue group we're not doing the red group right I'm going to go stand with them that doesn't mean that that takes away from where they come from most people have a tendency to be loyal to their soil they want to go back to what is familiar to them so at Mm -hmm. any given time somebody else the right person in the right situation at the right time 
from that blue group can talk to that person that's over there in the red group and say, hey, man, are you sure you want to do this? I have an offer you can't refuse. And now we are infiltrated. We've already befriended this person. We're like, hey, you're no longer blue. You're purple. You're one of us. Right. But then blue still comes up in there. Mm-hmm. Somebody else. And then they, they pull them, they shift their focus. And I think that that's what's happened. You get me? So yeah. to a certain degree, you know, I think that having certain allies during certain times of the movement or whatever we want to call it may not be exactly what we need, <laughs> you know, but can a person be pro-black? I mean, generally pro-black is basically uh, a system of value, you know, that mm. it, it requires mm. centering on black people in general and, and pushing them up. You know, it's, it's affirmations of uh, body, spirit, culture, all of those things, you know, at the same time, though, pro-black seems to kind of put down white supremacy. So mm. I guess for those people who are Caucasian and they love black people and they want to fight for them, can a, can a WP be too pro-black? What you think? I, I mean, I can see your point, and it's like, do I even want to answer? Because it's, it's always going to be a mixture of everything. I think that as soon as the sh- – oops, I was about to cut. I, 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 I feel <laughs> as soon as the soup gets thick – you like that, huh? The soup gets thick. Yeah, I feel like soup. you're going to be yeah, abandoning <laughs> Yeah, I feel like as soon as the soup gets thick, they're not going to – not everybody's going to stay in the thick of everything. Right, right. So I don't know. I think. I well, think you know what? We While we marinate on that, um, yeah. I'm gonna play a quick song. I want to play this this song that makes everybody want to dance just to lighten up the mood a little bit. So uh, before we um, go all the way over to the break, uh, we do have some people online, and we're gonna talk about the relationship aspect between men and women and everything else. So while I play this track. We'll take a quick break. This is the OMR Show. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and we'll be right back.
that you don't understand, but I'm losing my patience. Cause we've been going over and over again. Girl, I just wanna take you home and get right into it. No one gotta kiss it, baby, give it to me, lick it, lick it inside now. You know that I just wanna make love. Want you to see me shout. Radio.com. We are in Caliwood Media Network, repping Caliwood Nation. That's what it is. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the OMR Show. That's T H E O M R S H O W. We can also find ourselves on Facebook. Everybody has a Facebook, and so do we. 
Our fan page is facebook.com slash OMR presents. Okay, that's OMR, no dots, no dashes, no underscore. We're talking about uh, interracial love and can you be a black person who's pro and be in love with a white person or in a relationship with a white person? How is that pro-black? Is 100% pro-black? Does that mean anything? And so we do want to talk about the men and women point of view. We have Mama Leo on the air with us. There's up, little lady. My Mama bad, Leo my there. Bad, my bad. There she yeah, is. I'm here. Can you hear me? All right, all right. Yeah, we got you. We got you. So Mama Leo's on the line, and we're just chatting, trying to figure this thing out. Because on one hand, I can kind of understand how, you know, they say um, if you're pro-black, then you're 100% black, at least that's what you're assuming, you know, black love, black business, mm-hmm. black everything. Um, so black, black, how black, can black, you, black. How, I mean, people are like, oh, you're literally sleeping with the enemy if you're dating a white person or married a white person. And I don't know how I feel about that, but some, that brings up the question about dating, you know, the men's view versus the women's view. So um, a lot of black women, it's said that when they see a black man dating outside of the race, like, oh, well, you know, you can't handle a sister and, you know, all that stuff. And then if the, <laughs> I don't really see that too much on the men's side, but it's still there, you know, where, um, if you see a black woman with a, a white man, they're thinking, oh, well, hey, they have, um, uh, they're sleeping with this guy and he's just using her for, for kicks or the same way that people react to scandal when, um, watching, um, scandal where she was, uh, dating the president, you know what I'm saying? So it's like people look down on her like, oh, you're just this guy's toy and blah, blah, blah. So it's there, you know. So women, I want to know why do why do you think men date outside their race and still miss, you know, um, the race that they come from? That's the women's question for men when it comes to interracial marriages. And then for men, I get the question, well, you know, why do you believe that dating a white man is right. So, Mama Leo, what what you got to say about that? Well, um, I've seen many different answers on this. So I'm going to go with one ignorant answer I saw from a black man who also happens to be a, a professional athlete as to his reasons why he does not date black women. Now, I don't have a problem with what anybody does because it's not my business. It's your personal preference. I only have a problem when you decide to have your personal preference and then talk down about the people you don't prefer, which in this case happens to be his black women. So he says that he dates white women because black women have attitude problems, they're fake, is ever real, fake eyelashes, fake nails, fake lips, fake cheeks, fake hair, fake butt, fake breasts. He's like, you guys just don't have it together. You guys don't know how to cook. Like, he literally went in bashing black women. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm pretty sure there's white women who are the same. So I don't understand your personal preference because any race can be fake. 
any race can get crazy. Well, we do um, any, we do have somebody that is in a, in a rela- interracial relationship that's been holding on. So I'm going to go ahead and bring her in. Uh, can you go ahead okay. and say your name and where you're from? Hi, this is Chelsea, and I'm from Carson, California. How y'all doing? Good hey, Chelsea, Carson what's going on? Oh, <laughs> um, no. Um, you know, on my breakout work, trying to talk to y'all and listen on, see what's going on. So, you know, happy um, hump day and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hump day? We appreciate the support. <laughs> what do you got to say about interracial relationships? Like, what are some of the questions that come up when you're – First of all, what race are you, and what kind of interracial relationship are you in? So um, I'm Filipino, and my boyfriend, he's actually mixed. He's half white and half black. Um, okay. Yeah, I, um, a lot of people ask me, like, how it goes differently, because we're we're just so different, like, really different. Like, I've introduced him to my culture, and my family's very more um, family-oriented. Like, he, he grew up, like, his mom was really more independent. His mom is white, so she technically was not necessarily I want to say like dare for him that how how my family we we talk about it in like deeper conversation and stuff um other than that like his father um wasn't necessarily always you know he was kind of in and out of his life but he never got to experience so whenever he comes over to like my house man like I really wish I grew up like having a family the way you have your family because I'm really really close to my family and he rarely like visits his mom and dad like it's kind of sad from that um point of view um, he's introduced me to you guys. I'm not gonna lie, like I love soul food. Like <laughs> I love soul food so much, and like he trips up because he'll look at all these Oriental things and be like, "Wow, like what is this? Like this is what you call a dumpling." This is, like he trips out all the time. Um, on like our 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 sections of food is really different compared to his and what he's used to. Um, right. yeah, you know. Interracial relationship has like taught me like different things. Not taught me, but I, it's just really different on how we grew up. Um, other than that, I want to say like um, I did have an issue um, like around like one of his cousins before. They were like, "Oh, mm. so you're the SHIT because you're dating an Asian." And I kind of went in a way felt like I was kind of disrespectful and offended. Like, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, why would you want to talk about something? Like, I never said anything wrong. Like, I'm very versatile. Like, I don't discriminate, this and that. And when she had come up to me and said that, I felt very, like, very, 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 very disrespected. Like, wow, are you serious? So um, I, I try to just feel like people just, just like, not, I want to say, like, my, not, like, I'm not worried about who you're dating, what race they are, what you're eating, what paycheck you're coming right. up with that night, you know? Like, so people can kind of just like yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not worried about like what you're doing, who you're dating, and stuff. As like, and it kind of just make me feel really offended because I wouldn't say like, oh, why are you dating a Mexican guy? Why are you do-? like, you know, that's none of my business or my concern. But um, my boyfriend was just like, you know, you shouldn't even trip. Like it is what it is. But um, on top of that, like people are very racist towards him. As oh well. really? So, so oh yeah. Like, my boyfriend he's he's mixed his little light skin complexion wise, but um me and him actually will go to like, you know, restaurants like Asian Oriental white and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember one time the lady was just like looking at me and then took my order very friendly and then looked at him and was like, Oh, like what do you want? You know what I mean? That's you don't talk to oh, nobody yeah. like that. 
you need to be very respectful in who you're talking to. It's just like I would treat the CEO as I would treat the janitor. You know what I mean? So, yeah, of course. Um, that's, that's Charles, let me ask you a quick question. Um, yeah. Do you think dating outside is a threat to your own culture? I wouldn't necessarily, like, say it's a threat because on how I grew up in, like, no one is no different than you. Like, you need to just accept the person the way they are. Um, I, I, in a certain type of way, um, my family, I want to say, like, didn't necessarily approve of him because he wasn't Filipino. So, in a way, I guess you could say that it was kind of a threat towards, like, my older generation because they didn't grow, grew up with a versatile environment the way that I grew up in. Like, they were just like, oh, you need to date a Filipino. Like, you know, he has the same culture as you. Mm-hmm. He has the same religion as you, so so forth. But I, I really just think it depends on, like, you know, the person. Because I view it like I, I'm I'm not going to be worried about that at the end of the night, like, who I'm talking to with this and that. Because, you know, I love this guy. I love him to the death of me. He takes good care of me and stuff. But it's just I really just think it just depends on, like, on how you grew up on. Because how I grew up on, you need to have an open mind. And not worry about what others be, hey. other people think. Yeah. Good point. Good point. I know a lot of there are some people that are like they grow up, you know, pro black with the, the and the playing djembe's and all types of stuff. You know what I'm saying? And wearing the kufis and you know black this, black that, black everything. You know, yeah. and so some people would even dare to say that because of that type of mentality, because people are moving back towards that pro-black thing because it was out of style you know for a little bit but now it's kind of back in and so they're saying that you know black people might be moving towards a new type of racism what do you guys think about that you think that's is is being pro-black discriminating saying hey you know i'm black and you can't have this black sex because i'm only pro-black i don't know like (laughs) do you think that that's like a new type of racism I wouldn't necessarily think it's, like, racist. Like, I support any type of culture that's up for a come up. I respect anybody's hustles. Like, you know what I mean? I, I, I think what you guys are doing to support each other, like, that's, that's amazing. Like, some people don't even have that support. Only because, you know, back in the day, you guys, you know, with all the slavery and um, those type of issues going on, like, it has happened to you guys. And, you know, look at you guys. You guys have CEOs. Like, you have very famous people like Martin Luther King, um, Naomi Campbell. Like, you know, really famous, well-known black people. And they're amazing. So I don't think it's an issue. I think other people are offended by it because they're like, oh, pro-white this or pro-Mexican that. I think it's just how people take, um, like, take their opinion on it. I don't think it's discriminating. I, I personally don't think it's discriminating. I don't think it is. I just feel like in a way that is just a way to support yourselves or your specific, like, you know, to support yourselves in a way where it's just you feel like, I can't necessarily um, how I put this. Um, give me one second. Um, I want to say that it's very supportive that how you guys are doing that to just, you know, like show the world like every every race is all up for like every everyone could come up, not just like mm-hmm. you know white people because they say oh white white America this and that you know what I'm saying because people be like oh white America KKK like I think that's racist how they're trying to be very superior I don't think that the black love is trying to be superior over any other race I just think no I'm just that trying to be equal. Yeah, you're trying to be equal, trying to grow and trying to build. Like that's what's most mm-hmm. important. But how now? Well, thank you so much for um, yeah, of course. um 
make sure that you guys follow us and uh, at the OMR show. Uh, Chelsea, is there any social media you want people to follow you at? Are you are you a public figure? <laughs> um, no, I, I just think I'm kind of funny. You guys can follow me at Crazy Ass Chat. That's Crazy Ass, how you would spell it. <laughs> and Chat, C-H-E-H. That's me. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Chelsea. We appreciate it. We're going to go ahead and go to a quick um, song break. And um, chill out for a little bit. Let's let's marinate on that. Um, Chelsea said some good things, and we do appreciate her being on the show. I'm gonna play some some pro black music right now. <laughs> We're gonna listen to some most deaf Umi says, and we'll be right right back on the OMR show. Thank you. 
life. Me and my baby, me and my lady. Times don't want to get in the snowball. Times don't want to get so happy. Times don't want to get so Just a way of life, but as it was explained to me, it's a religion. 
So it's something that religion. you can possibly convert to. So I so I asked the question. So are we asking people to fully convert to blackism and not just dip their toes in, like maybe Rachel Dozo might have, or maybe a Kardashian? <laughs> sure. Rachel Dozo just Rachel Dozo said, "Forget the toes, forget the tip." I'm going all the way in. She just jumped in the whole vat. Like, she just was ready. She just, <laughs> I'm black. So, like, does somebody need I mean, an invite to blackism? Or can they just I say, hey, you know what, I love black people, and I'm going to do things black? But, to see, the problem, I think, with that is, is that they're relying on the media, most likely, to tell them what black is. And that is not always true. But the positive see, thing is, because we have the Internet, and the people are their own journalists these days. You know, people are writing their own blogs. People are filming their own things. And so there's so much content out there that goes against what mainstream media says. However, what tends to get the most views is is dependent on, you know, what mainstream media is because mainstream media helps shape what people think as a public, which shapes what they like or what goes viral and stuff like that. So, you know, on one hand, I feel like perhaps, perhaps somebody who doesn't know, you know, your average black person, they might see black life and be like, oh, you know what, I want to convert. I don't know. But are we asking people to fully convert to blackism? The life um, and the reality and the, the good and the bad of being black, are we asking people to do that just so that they can understand where we're coming from or just for peace? I don't think I don't think anybody has ever thought to say, hey, live in my shoes just to, to, to let people know that it's not – I think that a lot of people take away the good aspects of being black. You get me the things that are, you know, the jewelry and the rappers and the the athletes and things of that nature. But nobody actually sees how walking down the street, you know, people avoid you. Or nobody sees that when you walk in a store, certain people follow you or keep an eye on you close, you know, more closely. So I don't, I don't know if anybody has ever been like, well, come live with me, come see this, come do this, come come, go through what I go through, come watch a day. Because I think that a lot of people wouldn't want that. I don't think that that part would be appealing to them. I think that only, the, I think as of with everything, people only see the good things. And once the, well, I mean, comes so, out, says, no, I don't want this. I don't want this. I don't want to do this. I don't, I don't, I, I, I change my mind. Yeah. So let me ask you this, this. If being black is so bad, then why is it looked down upon when we have black people who bleach their skin and they don't claim their blackness and all this other stuff? Because are black it's, people it's the only poison. ones that are supposed to like being black? Um, I mean, it's, this, it's, this may not be a question for you to answer, but, I mean, these are just the questions that come up when we, when we say these things. Like, okay, well, I understand, you know, uh, I kind of but does that mean you can just jump back over the fence or the person who can't jump over the fence because they truly are black? <laughs> yeah. You know, when we look at somebody that is black as night and they go, I'm not black. I'm like, what do you mean? And they don't claim right. it. 
we look at them like they're having identity issues, which they probably and are. But, you know, yeah. at the same time, we, tell, well, we are real quick to tell somebody of another race, oh, you don't want to be black. We have to struggle with our hair. We have to struggle with driving. We have to struggle with walking down the street or having pool parties and playing with toy guns. We have to worry about right. coming out of the store with Skittles in the in Arizona. You know what I'm saying? Like when we right. when, we have to ask about us what it's like to be pulled over. Yeah. Right. I think it's interesting that when people ask us what it means to be black in America, all the bad things come up, and yet we're supposed to have pride in our culture. And it's like, hmm. So if everything you tell me about being black is bad, why do you love it so much? And if you say you love it, but you don't really love it, are you hiding your self-loathing, or are you just trying to convince yourself that being black in America is a good thing? You know what I'm saying? And I think that that's where we have a lot of people, a lot of black people in kind of this medium, trying to figure that out. You know, do I really like being black in America? I like being black, but do I like being black here? Or does that make a difference where I'm black? Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think those are the questions that a lot of people tend to go through. And so when you have these uh, issues of whether something is pro-black or anti-black or something like that, you have people who are very clear that, yes, I love my blackness. There's nothing you can do about it. I am unapologetically black, and you can't tell me nothing. I don't like all your whiteness the way that I like all my blackness. You know what I'm saying? And so when people say that, right. they think, oh, well, you're, you're anti-white or, you know, and some people really are. I think I found that you have some people that are just so pro-black, you know, you better not take that white man and blah, 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 right. blah, 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 all the stuff that they've done to us. And you just going to go in and betray us and betray your culture. And, you know, and it becomes a whole, a whole big thing. And I think that on, from our perspective, you know, being, people that are millennials we kind of grew up in the 90s for interracial relationships were still kind of okay you Just know starting, yeah. all that kind of stuff and you know holly berry and monster ball you know like all of that stuff um when we start seeing that we came from an era that was like i don't care like as long as you ain't out here killing us we straight like <laughs> you know what i'm saying but at the same time you have that other end that's like no these are the people that you know, put us down, why would you do that? Now, in that sense, I can totally agree. Like, hey, I'm not going to, you know, have love for my oppressor like that. Like, what are you talking about? I can appreciate you if you just right by me or I can respect you because of your power, but I'm not about to be trying to love you like that. It's just not well, natural for me to, you know, love my enemies that much. <laughs> you know, well, but at I mean, the same I'm time. this way. It's like I can't I can't really say much about hating anyone because I'm a mutt. So I'm a part of everyone who's ever decided that they wanted to be a part of my ancestors. But I do see where the part of me that necessarily is Caucasian is not ever gonna be accepted because I'm black. That's what they see. You're black. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, when people look at me they don't see mixed heritage. They don't see some. They don't see anything but the fact that my skin is dark and I have kinkier hair or what have you. So I think that the problem is when you have people who want to erase being black. 
Like I got um I got teased in middle school relentlessly. They used to call me white girl because I enunciated. I was very elegant with my words. You know, words were everything to me. And if you didn't pronounce them right, and I had big words, and and I didn't like that because I felt like it made me stand out too much uh-huh. from those around me. And I, I I started to take on Ebonics take on speaking a different way so that I could fit in and so that I wouldn't have to keep hearing, you know, white girl this and you stuck up this and that. And it's like, I think that a lot of people, even from outside and even inside, are see things wrong. If anybody in the black race is trying to elevate or speak a different way or dress a different way, sometimes we come down on them. Oh, you think you yeah, think that um, you want to be over there with them. I mean, I, I definitely remember those. I remember those times where, you know, um, speaking proper, you know, mm-hmm. or having a white girl voice or, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Or when you handle business, you go from, hey, man, what's going on? To, yes, hello, sir. How are you today? Oh, my gosh. Like, you know what I mean? Right. So I understand what it was, you know, coming up. Um, at the same time, what I didn't appreciate, and I learned this at a very early age when I was probably like 10. You can't tell me that being proper is, is white, sounding yeah. white or being white. Because that's telling me that everything black is improper. And I had right, come across right. too many improper black people, no matter how they talk. They weren't killers. They weren't rapists. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. and, and the major things in life that matter, you know, I didn't have to deal with. I mean, yeah, we got all types of people in our family and whatnot, but in the right. grand scheme of things, it wasn't every day, you know, that you met somebody that was just just so out there. So you, from my experience, I knew that uh, anything that was white was more accepted and more openly right. accepted than things that were black. And, and that made me want to learn more about how to be black because Right. I was never going to change my blackness. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I was, uh, my mom gave me a book about the county we lived in in Maryland and how black people uh, affected that community from the 1800s up until that point. And that let me know right then and there in that one book. I didn't even read the whole book. I just looked at some of the excerpts and the pictures and stuff like that. But that told me that, Black people do have power. Black people can be things other than, you know, uh, a uh, doctor yeah. or uh, an athlete or anything like that. You know what I mean? So it let me know mm-hmm. that there is a culture of black that we don't often tap into. And it's something that I would be considered or something that I would consider to be proper. And it had nothing to do with whiteness. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so that's what leads me to think that separatism isn't really a bad thing. You know, I got to experience, um, what was it, Howard University. You know, I got to experience Mm -hmm. Baltimore, Maryland, and then I got to experience Annapolis. And it was like two different places. One was like white-centered, white town, Caucasian, everything. It, it, everywhere in Annapolis is a very nice area, and it was just a majority of white people, and I was amazed. I was like, I've never seen this many white folks in one area. 
Like DC right. is like very mixed, you know, Ethiopians and uh, uh, people yeah. from Trinidad and Cuba. And, like they just, that's like a mini New York opening with the different kind of cultures in DC. In Maryland and in certain places, it was just like black. I mean, it was very influenced. Like Maryland, Virginia, they have a lot of culture over there that is, that if you look for it, you'll find it, you know, the black culture there. And so I'm surrounded by, you know, positive images of black people, black politicians and scholars and, you know, colleges, being next to an HBCU and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it was cool. I got to really appreciate what it meant to be black. So Annapolis, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. But because I was sequestered almost in this pro-black environment, it was like, it's okay to be black. It's okay to accept your Afro. Why you don't like it? They used to call me Afro Thunder in high school or in in elementary school because I used to wear my hair out. And I was like, I don't want to be calling no Afro Thunder. Like, what the, what is this? Like, (laughs) you know, I wanted my hair to be twisted down like the little Jamaican girl. Like, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, going through that identity, but still knowing that it was still okay to be black. And that's why I always encourage people if you are in a city or you're in a town where it's just a little bit of everything or it's uh, a majority of a culture that's not your own, go somewhere where it is in America and really be there and experience it and get a certain uh, level of self-identification that you can hold on to. I didn't get that, oh, you're a white girl or you're talking white or you're too proper. I used to read books all the time. I knew how to speak. I didn't speak Ebonics because I wanted to or because I felt pressured to, you know. I did it because I wanted to be a chameleon and, you know, blend right. it. I, I figured out how to do that, and it was fun for me. I get to change my language up. <laughs> but it wasn't because yeah. I was being teased or anything like that. I was uh, I was cultured that way to where it was like, oh, yeah. okay, you're this and I'm that. That's great. Okay, yes, be yourself. I, I didn't <laughs> I, I, I didn't I didn't get to that too much growing up because a lot of people and I've said it before on past shows, my mom is Creole. My grandmother is Creole. So everybody from my mom on back looks white. They look Caucasian. So all my life growing up I got to Oh, you're adopted, oh that's not your mom and it's like you you guys, that's my mom. Like she had me. Like I don't understand how because she's white that that's not my mom and then they're like, Oh my god, your mom's white and it's like no, she's from Louisiana, so she's as black as everybody, but it's a different type. It's not, I was raised. Right, yeah, many shades. Sheltered. Yeah, it was, a little, it was a little bit more sheltered than everybody else, and because I, I wouldn't say my family is bougie, but I would definitely say that because of my grandmother, there was a lot of things that my friends went through that I didn't have to go through. There was a lot of things that my friends knew that I didn't know. And a lot of ways that I was that my friends weren't. And for me, it was, I'm on the outside. It's a, where do I fit in type thing? Because I didn't have the pro, oh, well, love your Afro. I had the, the, the family who I was in a pressing chair every two weeks. Because mm-hmm. kinky hair is not acceptable. No, you have to get your hair pressed. When I finally got liberated and was able to do what I wanted to, oh, child, they was, ooh, 
all I heard was, your hair is a kamash, you know, it's just payas, like, it's just all over your head, like, why won't you just comb it? And it's like, I picked it out this morning, it's combed. But to them, it's <laughs> combed. Like, I use <laughs> a pick, they pick and they comb, yes, I comb it out. <laughs> right, to them, that's not comb, though, because she wants a more sleek, hair straight, and I understand that because in Louisiana, that was their way of blending. I don't want to be. I mean, it was necessary there, too, because of where it it was. So, I mean, overall, um, does white love equal anti-black? That's a question that you would have to answer as a a listener, you know, um, and you can decide. I mean, we've given our opinions. I'm not going to tell you what is what and and this is that and that's right or that's wrong. I mean, if if whatever moves you forward, if white love is anti-black because you put you don't put enough self-love into being black, well, then you go ahead and believe that, you know. But whatever the case is, um, allow yourself to move forward with your truth and not hurt anybody else for their truth being theirs. You know, you may not agree with some of the lifestyles that are out there. There's a lot of different ways to live. I mean, you got people married to corpses and just enjoying life. Or married to <laughs> I mean, it'd be, it'd be, like I mean you got people that got pet roaches and they love it. I mean, there's just so many different ways to live that it would be exhausting to try to hate them all or not like them or try to convince them to live otherwise. So just live your life. Be happy with who you are, whether you're black, whether you're white, whether you're gay, whether you're straight, whatever the case is. Let your truth be your truth. And my my question is just simply, can't we all just get along? Whether we're in our own communities and we're sharing things, you know, across town lines or whether we're a blended family or we're an interracial couple and we're trying to work it out with the side glances or whatever, whatever the case may be. We should just be able to just get along and enjoy life. Well, and, That's pretty much and it. The key thing, so, the key thing is this: love those who love you. That's it. That's how I look at life. Anybody that comes to me and treats me no different, I treat them no different. And even That's if they don't love, love you. If they don't love you back, that's fine. Have enough love for yourself to step away from the situation. Right. It's not up to you right. to make everybody love you and like you. That's where we get caught up at. That's why social media is so, uh, man, social media can be very uh, detrimental to your mental and emotional health if you don't use it properly. So with all that being said, the best way to use your social media right now is to follow the show at the OMR Show on IG and Twitter. It's at T-H-E-O-M-R-S-H. OW like our fan page on Facebook. It's Facebook.com slash OMR presents. And Mama Leo, thank you for joining us today. Oh I appreciate it. Everything is all good in the neighborhood. This is the OMR show. I am Queen X, your hostess. And we are Audi five thousand. Peace, love and blessings, y'all.